the final road to Fast 9. This is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. The world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. And Daryl, every week, every single one, we watch a Fast and Furious movie. And we talk about it. And with the release of Fast 9, we have lined it up so that we have just finished watching Fate of the Furious this week. And so next week, in line with the U.S. release of F9 colon The Fast Saga, we will be watching and reviewing it uh, as quickly as possible. So look forward to that episode coming out next week. Daryl, how was your watch through Fate of the Furious? Terrible. <laughs> I hate this movie. No, this, this movie, movie really stinks. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's terrible, man. Yeah. 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 Nothing good. I mean, nothing good. I feel like it's always it's a yeah, it's a forgettable movie mm-hmm. and it's supposed to, yeah, some of the main action sequences are supposed to take place in New York and it's just it's unrecognizable. Completely. You get that one Brooklyn Bridge you get a little bit of the um, the Manhattan skyline. And that's kind of it. At the end, yeah. You get one drive through Times Square, right. but unrecognizable. Yeah, they definitely could have done some better New York stuff. Like, if they had gone to, like, Five Points in Brooklyn and done, mm-hmm. like, the five cars <laughs> in the five different intersection stuff going on, I think that kind of yeah. would be cool. Um, but there's nothing specially New York about the New York stuff in this movie. And um, that's also, like, it could have been Toronto, basically. Hang on, I'm going to crack mm-hmm. Celsius really quick. Please do. Oh, sound good. Yeah, I mean, granted, Five Points no longer existed by the time this movie was being filmed. Yeah. But... They could have recreated. They could have recreated some yeah, fake five magic, points. Baby. Mm-hmm. Come on. There's Take one line in this movie. There's one line in this movie that today I was like, huh, kind of funny. <laughs> and that is when Letty kicks the guy over the railing into the propeller. And then a second later, The Rock shows up and he goes, wow, nasty. <laughs> I was like, okay, kind of got me, kind of got me uh-huh. with that one. Yeah, that's it. That's the only redeeming moment in this movie for me, basically. Yeah, mm. I was trying to think through toward the end of it here about. Uh, I mean, Cypher's here. She's trying to secure nuclear supremacy, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I. I know nukes are. I know nukes are bad. Yep. I know that there are a few world powers here that are collecting them. But I tried to do a little bit of nuke research. In terms, it's like the, yeah, like Russia has a few thousand. We've got a few thousand. China, China's got some. India's got. China's a couple. got some. Yeah, but Iran. I just hoping North Korea yeah. definitely has some at this point. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I. I was trying to get scared about nukes. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like you start dropping nukes. We're all toast. We're all toast. Yeah. We're all toast. That's the theory. 
that everybody so far in the past 70 years has subscribed to. Been like, mm-hmm. hey, seems like if everybody starts doing this, we're all going to be toast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe it's called Mutually Assured Destruction. Right. Yeah. But I, I like, like, was trying to figure out, like, at what point the numbers become scary. Like, Russia has, like, I think a few thousand of them. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between having, like, 500 nukes versus 5,000 nukes? It's all the same. You only need a couple mm. to really be a troublemaker. Yeah, for sure. The other thing you need, though, I think, and the thing I think more nukes help with is, like, global positioning of your nuclear arsenal, mm-hmm. right? So that was the whole thing in the 60s where Russia was like, uh, we're buds with Cuba, and uh, we're going to put a couple nukes there. Because mm-hmm. uh, Cuba is a lot closer to the U.S. in terms of like strategic targets we would want to uh, eliminate. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was we were like Cuba, please uh, uh, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, please don't, please don't do this. So yeah, I think if you, the more nukes you got, the more places you can put them ostensibly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing. But, like, the difference between having 500 nukes and having 2,000... I mean, I have no idea. I'm not, like, a nuclear... I listen to the Arms Control Wonk podcast sometimes. Oh, uh uh-huh. Which deals with nuclear nonproliferation. There's a couple guys from uh, a think tank on that subject. It's pretty good. I mean, they mostly discuss, like, international developments of... Who's building what, where, when, for the most part. But they go into sometimes, like, every new administration kind of sets, like, sets out a policy for for nuclear, you know, their nuclear strategy in terms of, like, is this a period of deterrence? Is it a period of de-escalation? Like, what's our, like, Mm -hmm. administrative policy going to be? So, that's interesting stuff. Mm. I recommend Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cypher's whole deal is like, well, I'll have some nukes too. Mm-hmm. And therefore, any uh, government not doing what I like, they'll know I got a nuke. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a pop-up notification on their yeah. on their government-issued <laughs> device. Yeah. And it's going to say, hey, it's me, Cypher. I know what you just did. Yeah. Hundred percent. Don't do that again. Kind of like that when Island of Hawaii they got that like push notification. Did you remember this? Oh uh, yeah, it had, they had like a huge um, like hurricane, like typhoon warning, and they were like, "You guys are toast, right? Back up your stuff." No, it was Sorry like an incoming missile, imminent missile strike <laughs> <laughs> notification. Oh, that was like, FYI, missile's gonna hit in twenty minutes. Everybody take shelter. <laughs> Oh my god. Can you imagine the twenty minutes of just being like What the fuck? Oh my god. Horrible. Horrific. Horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm glad all the people of Hawaii are safe. Uh yeah, but I bet we got some nukes on the big island. Over there. Sure. Yeah, over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. 
So do we think Fast 9 is going to continue that? The nuclear is that, escalation? Is, yeah. Is that the same threat from Cypher? Yeah. Probably. I mean, hmm. or like some magnet shit that they keep showing yeah. off in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> gonna We're going to drop magnets, magnets on everybody. It's going to yep. throw off all your stuff. Everybody's going to feel terrible. Everybody's going to feel Just really sick. Unless they're mm-hmm. wearing a copper bracelet that we're going to sell for nine ninety nine. <laughs> um, I figured we'd talk a lot about F9 this cycle. Um, but I do want to get to a little piece of news first. The Supra sold at auction. Do you see this? I saw that. Yeah. I was a little high in my estimate. <laughs> about What, what did you say for. it was going to be? I think I said it was going to go for about 1.2. That was my wow. guess. Yeah. Did not go for that much. Went for about $550,000, which is still kind of a hefty sum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not something I would pay for like a 25-year-old Supra, right? Mm-hmm. An autom- yeah, it was an automatic Supra. Mm-hmm. I think they put a 2JZ in it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a shell. So you can drive it around. Yeah, you can definitely drive it around, but... Just, like, it is a movie car, right? And, like, I've talked a lot about movie cars before on this pod, but, like, they're pieces of junk, right? Like, they are not cars that people fine-tune to be able to actually do these races. They're there to do 30 seconds of driving down the street looking cool. So, Mm -hmm. they're absolute pieces of trash. And, uh... Paying $550,000 for one is beyond human, you know, something beyond what humans should do, I think. Yeah. Mind. Do we know anything about the person who won the auction? I didn't get that far in the article, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything either. Probably yeah. Uh, undisclosed. Uh, yeah, undisclosed buyer kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe somebody. I mean, obviously, what happens is our friends all send us links. So I got like six links this morning from six yeah. people who were like, "This is Fast and Furious oh my related." God. Yeah, uh, but I, I, you know, I was like, "Yeah, I saw it. No problem." Um, yeah, I don't know who bought it. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, I don't see anything in this article saying who did it. Anyway. Um, okay. We talked about Wow Nasty. We talked about the Supra. Um, I want to do, do you want to do our power rankings? Yeah. So we decided, as this is the last episode before F9, we're going to do our power rankings of, I put Hobbs and Shaw in my power rankings, even though we're not watching it this cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, but... Yeah, of all the Fast and Furious movies, excluding Fast 9. I will say, Daryl, before we get into this, I'm, I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything. I haven't listened to anything. You know, hear no evil, speak no evil, see, see no evil. I have a very bad feeling about Fast 9. Mm. I think it might you think it's going to be Big Stinker? I think it might be Big Stinker. <laughs> I have, I just have this thing in my gut. It's been growing over the past few days. I just, uh, I don't know. I think it might be a stinker. That's not based on anything. 
it is out here in uh-huh. uh, in New Zealand. I just, uh, I'm not. I'm, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to see it yeah. tomorrow. Maybe I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Power rankings. Let's go one through whatever. One through nine or whatever. You want to start at the top? Mm-hmm. I'll go one. You go one. Yeah. All right. So my number one. Fast and Furious movie is Fast Ampersand Furious from 2009. Nope. Movie four? Movie four. Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? I don't know. I came back <laughs> around to it. I love it. It's simple. It's classic. It's cops and robbers. It's well-paced. They got interesting tech stuff, but not too crazy. There's a, you know, the bad guy is great. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's a star-making performance for um, Gal Gadot. It's uh, it's it's the nostalgia thing is huge, where they're bringing the you know uh, Dom and Brian back together. Mia, you know, is good. In it. <laughs> I don't think she's got a lot to do, but she's good in it. I think the action car scenes are really good. It's Justin Lin coming into his true form after Tokyo Drift. I just think it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I should have ranked that one a little higher. Mm. <laughs> My number one is number one. Like, yeah. I've, I've done this. Yeah. I've watched these movies 20 times. I had to start it off with the movie I actually enjoy watching the most. Number one. It's got to be one. Number one. Okay. I mean, I'm a fan of number one. It's on my list somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Do you want to know? What? I'll go with my number two. Yeah, go for it. My number two is number two. Oh, <laughs> see, I like this. I thought, okay, yeah. you'll see. I I thought I was going to surprise you with something, but this is some shocking shit. I think Too Fast <laughs> is having a moment. I really think so, too. Yeah. I think similar to how, like, we were really turning on four for many years now. Mm-hmm. Like, we were really turning on two for the longest time, but... I really end up looking forward to watching that movie Me on a regular basis. Too. I think it's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's and it's like it's definitely one that's sort of reaching for the most stuff. That's like mm-hmm. let's make this crazy, let's make this fun. Like it's a bunch of like stupid like you know, cops and robbers and intrigue but also in cars going fast and, like, having fun. Let's make the movie fun, too. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to be so crazy about it. So um, that's definitely on my list. We'll get to it. It's not my number two. Mm-hmm. My number two is Furious 6. Oh, okay. Nice. Which I think is this sort of zenith of the modern... Fast and Furious movies. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think The Rock is sort of the perfectly pitched rock. I think it's got um, Paul Walker alive, which is helpful. It's got mm-hmm. <laughs> R.I.P. It's got Dom doing his sort of perfectly pitched Dom before he becomes a caricature of Dom. Um, Gal Gadot is back. It's got the whole team together. There's this is there's stakes in it. You know, like. Giselle dies in the end, which I think is really impactful. I think Owen Shaw is a great villain. The Ramp Racers are great. I like everything about Six, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
So I like all those things about six, mm-hmm. but one of the main reasons why it's not higher on my list is because, I mean, I think there are two unforgivable scenes. One of them is the spinning parking lot. And really, mm. the airplane is just, it's fun, <laughs> but it's like so long to a point of being torturous. Don't and, we do the math on this once where if like yeah. you condense that to where they're all happening simultaneously, it sort of works out, but not really uh-huh. still, maybe. Yeah. I think yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the greatest sins of the later movies is that they are so egregiously long mm. that it's hard to look forward to and enjoy watching them at the at the run times. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Like and and We've talked a lot about movies being short and how like much we appreciate that sometimes. I watched The Quiet Place Part 2 recently in the theater. Mm-hmm. and decided not to go see an early screening of Phasma. And I went to see Quiet Place Part 2. <laughs> Buck 35. Like I was like, yeah, okay. Nice. I get on board with this. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I, I, I had a great time. I thought Quiet Place Part 2 was like, it kind of did it for me. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. All right, my number three is number three. Tokyo mm-hmm. Drift, baby. You know? I'm right there with you. Yeah? My three is three. I went one, two, three for my one, two, three. I love that. I love that yeah. very much, actually. I think Tokyo Drift, you can say all you want. Like, and we've really ragged on this movie, especially Lucas Black in this movie, who, you know, whatever. Um, but the one thing it does is introduces like the most dynamic, interesting piece of car stuff that these movies have seen to date. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to do all this magnet shit and nuclear shit now and technology and hacking. But like the biggest moment for these movies was like, oh, turn the car, <laughs> you yeah, know, turn the car, turn it real fast and like slide it along the thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and I love that Drift is still foreign enough to most people, but also close enough where you could, you yeah, the average, you're, any average driver can learn to drift if they want to. Yeah. Obviously, under a protected environment. Yeah. Don't do it in the streets, you amateurs. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, Have cars don't actually fly. On purpose? No. no. Me neither. I don't know. We no, should try I'm too it out. scared. Yeah. Go to a parking lot somewhere. Do some I don't donuts. think my car could drift if I wanted to. Hmm? I don't think my car would drift if I wanted it to. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's too smart. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think but I could get my car to drift either. I I like Google, I like Google on eBay and every every week I'm looking for future drift mobiles. Right. One day we're gonna have <laughs> We're gonna have some <laughs> sick ones, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really want a. I want a big, yeah. I want a big crappy car. I just want to strip everything out of it mm-hmm. and just run it low and loud. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Chop those pipes up. Mm-hmm. All right, number four. What's your number four movie? Number four for me. Uh, I start getting into the modern. So mm-hmm. my fourth is the fifth movie. I still mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I think I've gone. I think I've gone back. I think of. When I think about the modern uh, movies, five, six, seven, they exist in a bucket true. to me. That's separate from like eight, Hobbs and Shaw, nine, whatever. 
Like they're mm-hmm. a moment in time, five, six, seven. Right. Yeah. And when I compare, when I, yeah, when I isolate into that category of these movies, five still, I think, ends up being my favorite. And mm-hmm. um, I like the heist. I think it's a good transition from their DVD stealing roots into, and it's before they become military superheroes. superheroes yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I like it as the as the highest highest level of them, or as their origi- highest level of themselves as their original characters. Yeah. I I mean I hear that. I and I definitely hear that argument. I um I also think four uh, sorry uh five six and seven exist as like a release grouping too before they transition mm-hmm. to like the three year cycle of blockbusters, which happens now. They did like two years. It was every two years. So it was 11, 13, 15 that these movies came out. So it felt like you were just like getting them one after another. And these were these people's full-time jobs. And that's why like those three movies sort of exist in the, as a whole to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my number four is The Fast and the Furious, number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, high enough on the list where I felt like it gave it due credit. Low enough on the list because, like, I definitely feel the flaws in it. I feel like the little the the chewing gum over the leaky pipes in a way. Uh, everybody's sort of still figuring things out, but there's some magic there too, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And like a you know a career defining performance for Vin Diesel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michelle kind of is great in that movie. Mm. All right. My number five is Fast Five. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I read too low on my list. My number five is Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was going to surprise you because uh, mm-hmm. we ragged on that movie a lot. But uh, <laughs> you had it even higher, which I love, man. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's having a moment. We talked about it. Um, I'm liking too fast these days. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. So my fifth position is six. Mm-hmm. Fifth position is six. Yeah. Which makes sense. Makes I sense. mean, between five, six, seven. I like five a little bit more. Six is great. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm hotter on it than you. I know that. It's right. always been the case on this pod. What is your number six? My number six is Furious 7. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the movie a lot, but it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's what it is. The, rewatch, the rewatchability is low. low. Yeah. I think in its moment, it definitely held a lot of powerful memories and tribute to Paul. Yeah. But the rewatchability is very poor. It starts really slow. I think it gets moving with the Azerbaijan mountain scene. I like that. And one. With the bus. And then like the the Abu Dhabi scene, I think is fun and jumping the buildings. And then it like the end scene in LA is just like, oh my God. I've had enough mm-hmm. of this. Please. Yeah. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> you right. know? Um I definitely hear you on that. Um I was that your number six? That was my sixth position. Yeah. yeah, my number six I spoiled, which is Fast Five for me. Yeah, right. I just think right. 
Yeah, I don't know. The Rock sucks in that movie. Um, not just from, like, I think the character introduction was good, but I think The Rock, uh, just, like, from a line reading standpoint, standpoint is tough and he has got a lot to do in that movie Mm -hmm. um and it is sort of this harbinger of death for these movies a little bit where it's like all the military techno babble starts to come in and you're like oh uh-oh you know Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh so all right my number seven is furious seven also Mm -hmm. uh, well yeah we talked yeah yeah it's in the bottom half yeah um all right, so I'll just give you my my bottom my full bottom bracket here. Yeah, bottom bracket so is four, eight, and Hobbs. Wow, four is low for you, bro. Four is low. Four is low. I think it's. I really have to. I really have to be in an excellent mood going into that movie to enjoy watching it, and otherwise, it's just a. Yeah, talk peaks and valleys. Big valley over there in yeah. that four movie. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, it hurts me a little bit. <laughs> like I've said, I mean, the only, my only defense is like, like I've said on the pod many times before, I think four has basically a perfect first act in mm-hmm. like what, right up until like the the GPS race scene. It's just like it's slamming, and they know exact like they know exactly what they're doing, and like the script is great. They're like bam, bam, bam. You're like, oh, by the way, you like Brian O'Connor? Remember him from the first first two movies? He's back. Remember Dom Toretto? Mm-hmm. He's fucking back. You know, like they got this, yeah. you know, big oil tanker shit going on. I just love yeah. it. I just love the first act of that movie. So. You know what I think they flubbed on? Mm. I think they ran out of movie budget and they threw that Impreza in there as the final car yeah. that Paul drives. Yeah, and that car if they sucks. put in yeah. yeah, if they put in a cooler car, I think it might have saved the movie. So if there was something fun to watch, not just like a just general looking basically unmodified two tone yeah, Impreza. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's maybe a lesson I hope to see. I, I wish they would get away from these, like, jet engine modded vehicles, yeah. right? With, like, yeah. armor and shit. And, like, in this right. movie, in 8, Dom's final car with the big fucking, like, heat pump out the back and, like, electromagnetic bullshit. You know, I, I just kind of hate that shit, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Um... All right, I'll give you my final block. Furious 7 is number 7. Number 8, I'm still tossing the two up in my mind, but I think number 8 is Hobbs and Shaw, and I think number 9 is Fate of the Furious. I, oh I just God. hate this. And it might be a recency <laughs> bias thing, but I just hate this movie so much. Yeah, it's a big stinker. <laughs> yeah. And I think Vanessa Kirby being in Hobbs and Shaw... Uh-huh. Um, is a definite plus. That puts that in the, a little bit in the plus column because today I was watching this movie and like Helen Mirren's in it and then Owen Shaw, but I know Hattie Shaw is out there. I'm like, oh, ooh, ooh, wish this had <laughs> yeah. a little bit of Vanessa Kirby in it. It would be really great, right? Um, and I, yeah, that's it. So I agree with yeah. that. I think. 
Yeah, I'm excited to see Helen here, and I, we saw her in the trailer for Fast Nine. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see her in. I, I am the too. Movie. I am too. Uh, but again, I wish um, Vanessa Kirby was gonna make a, make a little cameo. <laughs> Big fan. <clears throat> Big right. fan. Um, all right, for posterity, my list is number one: Fast Ampersand Furious. Number two, Furious 6. Number three, Tokyo Drift. Number four, The Fast and The Furious. Number five, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number six, Fast Five. Number seven, Furious 7. Number eight, Hobbs and Shaw. Number nine, Fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's easy to remember. Comes in trimesters. One, two, three, five, six, seven, and then the turds. Four, eight, Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing turdy about four is the actual turd tunnels that they have to drive mm-hmm. through. So yeah, but I get it. Um, all right, I want to talk. Do you have anything else, Fate of Furious wise, mm-hmm. or Fast Nine wise, or anything? Mm, not really. I mean, I am looking forward to seeing some of the funky cars they have mm-hmm. in Fast Nine. Mm-hmm. I like that um, spaceship modified Pontiac Fiero. I'm excited to see what's going on with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. nervous about it. As I said, as I said, I don't right. know. I can't tell from the trailer if they have spacesuits on or scuba suits on. It, it looks like yeah. Uh, Was it Jacques Cousteau? Uh, yeah, era. Underwater gear, which is not helpful for you if you're going to space. space. Yeah, no, I don't think that's good. I mean, maybe, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know, but we've been talking about them going to space for years, but I don't know if I actually want it to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't want them to, like, drive into a satellite. You know what I'm saying? And then what? And then, yeah, and then crash the satellite back onto Earth? Right. It's like, I'll take yeah. that in my fucking Iron Man movies or whatever, but this isn't that. Mm-hmm. I wish I would, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We, we've griped about this enough, but um, I'm also excited. The one thing from the marketing in F9 that I haven't seen a lot of is Charlize Theron. And I know she's in this movie, and I hope they don't just sort of deal with her quickly and then get over it and go on to the John Cena stuff. I hope she's like a really integral part of this movie, mm-hmm. um, and that they're just sort of saving her for the marketing for like spoiler reasons. I don't quite mm-hmm. know. I'm really nervous. I know some people listening to this podcast will have seen this movie. I just get I just get a bad I just get a bad feeling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last thing I want to touch on. I want to remind people of my Kenny Lindor theory. Yes. <laughs> because this is my prediction, and if they don't do it this way, I feel like they're missing a little bit of an opportunity here. That's all. This is if I was given the job of writing a treatment that I knew had to include. Dom's brother. This is how I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would say Kenny Lindor is the man Dom beat to death for killing his father in the race. Or almost to, to death. He Not dead. A, yeah, he's beat to a pulp. 
exactly. Which is important. Well, yeah, maybe it's important. So, um, my theory is... Dom's... What was my theory? Dom's mom was having an affair with Kenny Lindor. Mm-hmm. Dom's dad found out, started some shit in the race. Kenny Lindor ended up besting Dom's dad and crashing, you know, crashing Dom's dad car into a fireball in which Dom lost his dad. Mm-hmm. Dom's mom had a son, a half-brother of Dom, with Kenny Lindor. And when Dom finds all this out, he goes and beats Kim, Kenny Lindor to a pulp in retribution. And now, mm. in F9, John Cena, the half-brother of Dom, has come back to get vengeance for his father, Kenny Lindor, who you know was beaten and destroyed by Dom. Hmm. So I don't know if this was, um, I don't know if that was part of the original one. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think your enhancement of the uh, Kelly Lindor narrative, I think maybe has improved. I don't remember you saying before that he, that Dom found out that there was an affair before actually beating his ass. Oh, maybe. But I think that's a good, I think that's a good sort of additional layer yeah. there yeah. that adds to the, uh, Adds to the fire. Yeah. And now, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that's my theory. We'll see if it pans out. I doubt it. But we'll see if it pans out. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I mean, I I don't know. Anything. F9, I'm just happy to have new shit, basically. Yeah. Like another new two and a half hours to roll with on these movies and to work into our cycles. So. Bro, I wish you the best of luck watching this movie this week. Thanks. You're going to the movie theater, right? I am. I'll be at Williamsburg Cinema. Are you nervous about that? No, No. I've been pretty good. I mean, we got our vaccines. We've been doing normal stuff for the past couple weeks. So I'm not really worried about it. Cool. Um, you will text about it. All right, you want to do some mm-hmm. shout outs and get out of here? Hell yeah. What do you want to shout out to this week? So, um, I did a little bit of car spa treatment mm. this weekend yeah. for the, the old 2013 Volkswagen Tiguan. I give it a wash and I used, I give it a wax. Mm. I used turtle wax. And I've heard of this. Oh, it's the it's the classic, uh, the classic car wax. I've never actually waxed a car before. Me neither. Until now. Yeah. So I did it, and I was like, "All right, let me look up a quick little instruction." I was like, "Sounds pretty straightforward. Just do it, Mr. Miyagi style." Right. Wax on, wax off. The stuff is really easy to use, and the results are truly impressive. Did you feel like I look like kid when you were doing it? Okay, so I didn't at the time, mm-hmm. but I woke up the next morning, couldn't feel my arms. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and now I I might know Kung Fu. I mean, or <laughs> karate. <laughs> yeah, or karate, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it 
Yeah, it took a while to do, but I, I had the perfect um, Sunday morning to do it. Started early before it got too hot. Cleaned everything up. I did an inside and outside clean. Big yeah. vacuum. Yeah. So the car's looking nice right now. Good. I love but then, that. There's nothing better than yeah. a fresh clean car, right? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm happy for you, bro. For sure. For sure, for sure. Um, I've never used turtle wax or any other car. I mean, I've maybe it's been used on my car because I've had my car waxed and polished before. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've never participated in myself. Yeah. It's easy to use. It's cheap. I saw a price tag on it. It was like $2 Whoa. for a bottle. Nice. I think a normal price is like maybe six or eight bucks. Yeah. But stuff is cheap and it does a great job. Sounds fat, bro. Yeah. And you did it yourself. You didn't go to a car wash. Did it myself. Man. That's love. That's a bond with it. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um, all right. So I've moved. There's all kinds of new warm technology in my life because it's so fucking cold here. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I talked previously on a previous podcast about the, the sort of foot bag hot water bottle, I think. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good technology, but the problem with that tech is it it relies on boiling water and putting it in. So eventually, that water cools down. You don't have a lot of temperature temperature control. I mean, I guess you could sort of subboil the water and then put it in, but like, you know, the only control over temp is like you can wrap it in more stuff so the heat dissipates before it sort of reaches the outer layer. But that's a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Went in for an investment on something. I wasn't too happy with this investment initially. To be honest, it's the investment sort of happened behind my back, but it did happen, and I'm pleased with the results. <laughs> we got ourselves a heated blanket cover mm. or a heated mattress cover. Yeah, so this one's got. Is that for sleeping under or over? It's for sleeping over. over. You're laying on okay. top of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which is good. So, it's got nine levels of control. And it's separately controlled. So, each side has its own on-off, nine levels of control situation. (laughs) Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, It just plugs right into the wall. You can flick it on, and there's two on settings. You can have it on for 75 minutes. Or 12 hours. And it automatically <laughs> time out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't use the 12 hour setting. I use the 75 minute setting. And then like if I right. need to re-up, I just click it off. Click it on again. You know? But when I'm going to that sleep, I sense. just pop it on. 75 minutes. I'm warm. I'm toasty. And by the time I get to sleep, some point, clicks off. I was a little worried about it. Like, is this technology safe? For mm-hmm. humans to use, seems all right. Doesn't seem Good. like that bad a that bad, bad a thing. Do you find yourself giving yourself another like a re up in the middle of the night, or I don't wake up in just... the middle of the night. Yeah, I was gonna say me neither. Yeah, and I if that was if that was the thing that I wanted or needed to do, I probably wouldn't do it. But when I do spend an hour in bed in the morning, sort of waking up, like if it's a day for that, I'll click mm-hmm. it on first thing. Ooh, interesting. And I'll be like, all right, let me get a cup of coffee. Let me click it on. I'm going to scroll through Twitter, read the news. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, maybe finish a Fast and Furious movie if it's a Saturday, <laughs> Saturday or Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but this heated blanket, I mean, it was 150 New Zealand dollars, which is like 110, maybe 115 US. Mm-hmm. So not cheap. It's queen size. Um, I was sold on the idea by um, being told there was a $50 one. I was like, oh, yeah, 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Great. Go grab it. Mm-hmm. But then when uh, said person arrived at the store, the $50 one was A, sold out, and B, only for a full size. So we had to mm-hmm. upgrade. You want edge-to-edge coverage. You want edge-to-edge coverage, and I think the separate control is actually like a crucial... It's sort of a crucial step in this whole thing. It's sort of the underrated yeah. piece of this technology, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be fighting over how hot or how cold things are in my bed, <laughs> you know? I want what I want. I want to be comfortable. Close these eyes. Yeah, close these eyes. That's my time. I have a lot of requirements over sleeping. So mm-hmm. adding the introduction of sort of heat into the mix as another contentious point, I don't need that to be part of my sort of sleeping arguments that happen because I got mm-hmm. enough of those already. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's basically it for me. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah you're get your experience you got a good experience with the I'm loving mattress cover. I'm loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. Great. Worth the price. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Don't repeat that. Yeah. Nobody tell. <laughs> no, nobody say that out loud, okay? <laughs> but it was worth the price. It was, it's really good. Yeah, I'm nice. for it. Yeah. Cool. All right. F9 next week. I'm nervous. It's going to be beautiful. I'm sort of excited. I don't know. I might see it tomorrow. I might see it twice. Mm-hmm. May go tomorrow, may go closer to the weekend. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. My whole week's open right now, so we'll see what happens. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Oh, and Max Ziskin is going to join us for the recording. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Cool. You got anything else for this week? Nah, dog. That's it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we're wrapping the cycle. I'm really looking forward to this new movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to outro us? Do you want to do your uh, do the plugs? Uh, yeah, sure. If you want to check us out, you want to check us out, you can do so in a number of different places. Mm-hmm. All right, you can hit us on that Instagram at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. On Twitter at Nold Podcast. You can hit us on Gmail, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um. We got Patreon. Mm. We got a few contributors to our Patreon project over here. Some exclusive content for you guys and more coming along the way. Definitely. So, definitely. And then, what else we got? Um, We always love a strong rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars and a comment of your choice. Live on it. it. Live on it. Yes. Live on it. Yeah. And... That's it. Wherever else as well. SoundCloud, Spotify, if you want to listen to us, which you already have. Yeah, we're on there. Thanks. Let's do it. 
So share with your friends, and we'll continue next week on No One Likes to Do a Podcast. Daryl, I wish you Godspeed.